When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell getting ready for South Carolina and Florida today. Noon kickoff in the swamp. And I tell you what, Wes, both teams are dealing with injuries right now. The Gamecocks banged up at running back. And looks like Bryson Allen Williams might not be able to go today as well. And Florida's dealing with some injuries as well. Yeah, South Carolina in a tough situation. Obviously, uh, injuries piling up at Ole Miss last week. Um, you know, Will Muschamp hasn't completely ruled out Bryson Allen Williams, but uh, just from the tone he used in his uh, call-in show on Thursday, uh, you know, described Bryce Allen Williams as being hopeful at best. Um, he said he didn't want to use the word doubtful because there was too much negativity in the world right now. So, um, but that, uh, you know, that's certainly a situation where it uh, it didn't sound too good uh, based on the tone for for Bryson to be able to play Saturday. And I, I think you know that's a big loss for them. He's been to me. Uh, one of the guys they've they've used very very well, particularly on third downs and trying mm-hmm. to get him loose in the pass rush. Um, you know, I think I've always thought this staff does a really good job when they get into those third and long situations of uh, you know putting something together to to get a rusher free. And and you know Bryson's a guy that a lot of times on those third downs you see number four sort of burying in on the quarterback. So um, you know if, if he really can't go, which it didn't sound good, then. You know, that, that hurts South Carolina. Um, you know, Danny Pinnell will have to go there. And uh, really, they, they've been banged up across the board. Obviously, uh, Jemias Williams now out for the year at safety. Javon Charleston out for the year at safety. Um, you know, that, that means R.J. Rodgers will make his first career start at safety alongside Stephen Montag. Um, banged up on at a defensive end as well with Aaron Sterling still de- dealing with a knee. I think you'd probably say he's doubtful for Saturday, although they said it's not a long-term serious injury which is obviously good news. And then on the offensive side, um, you know, they, they get Dennis Daly back. They get Malik Young back, two offensive tackles who have been banged up. Uh, Tyson Williams is going to play despite having a, a broken ball in his, in his hand. And then uh, Rico Daddle, it sounded like, um, I, don't, I don't know what the word he would use. He, he went through practice but was limited in practice. So I, I think it's probably going to be one of those things that would just depend on maybe how he feels on uh, on Saturday morning as far as his availability. But Tyson Williams expected to play. Then, of course, you know, A.J. Turner, Mon Denson, uh, those guys are going to be leaned on a lot, I think, this week. Yeah, you would have to think so. And I tell you what, Mon Denson has done a fantastic job here in recent weeks. How about last Saturday, Wes? 12 carries, 120 yards, and that huge 70-yard run that set up the Gamecocks go-ahead touchdown, and that helped Carolina win the ball game last week against Ole Miss. Yeah, it did. And, you know, I think it's a good point, Emerson. You, you, if you're going to be a good football program, um, and I, I don't even say football team, I think a good program, you've got to have a Mon Denson, um, an A.J. Turner, a Malik Young. Um, and, and the reason I lump those guys together is that they've worked hard, they're talented kids, and they really haven't played a whole lot, but they have not let that 
uh, you know, affect their enthusiasm. You know, I, I was very impressed with Malik Young's comments uh, last week when he was getting the start, basically about how he just he wants to be able to help this football team any way he can. To, you know, and then you look and he he gets injured. You know, I hate it for him. He got injured against Ole Miss when really he was getting an opportunity with Dennis Daly out, and then he had to come out of the game. And then you look at guys like Mon Denson who have had limited carries during their career but has been ready. He had big carries uh, last year against Tennessee as well up in Knoxville when he was counted on. Uh, has that huge 69-yard run last week against Ole Miss. A.J. Turner, too, at running back. This is a guy, when we talk about the running backs, we almost always talk about Rico Daddle and Tyson Williams. But I swear, every time A.J. Turner gets the ball, um, he uh, he brings something to the table. So, uh, to me, you got to have guys like that that aren't your marquee uh, top players, but still bust their tails, still push everybody else, and then they're ready when they're called upon. So um, some of those guys will, will get their chance uh, in Gainesville. So Rico Dowdle you know, would certainly be missed if he's not able to go, but we feel like the Gamecocks are in pretty good shape at running back. Mon Denson has played extremely well the last couple of weeks. A.J. Turner in there as well, and Tyson Williams playing with that broken bone in his hand. West Florida's dealing with some injuries as well, and they had a real scare at quarterback this week. And it looks like Felipe Franks will start for the Gators again today. Yeah, it does look like that. And, uh, you know, Franks is a guy that, you know, frankly has struggled a little bit here uh, of late. Uh, they pulled him last week against Missouri. And I I know that there was a possible Georgia hangover, uh, I guess, for the Gators. But, I mean, who, who expected for Missouri just to go in there and, and really just, uh, control Florida the way that they did. I, I know I didn't expect that, and you know I would expect a different Florida team this week. But uh, it seems like that fan base has sort of given up on um, Frank's a little bit, and uh, you know I think a lot of people wanted to see what Kyle Trask could maybe do. I, I know he came in relief of Frank's and, and moved the football a bit last week, and then uh, suffers a, a foot injury that ends his or ends his season uh, this week in practice, and so it looks like Frank's and. You know, this is a guy you look at him physically, has all the tools. Um, you know, big kid. He can move around when he has to. He, uh, you know, can make, uh, as they say, all the throws down the field. Has a huge arm. You know, I remember him letting go a ball last year at Williams Bryce that um, I, I swear it went 65 yards in the air. And, you know, this kid is a former four star guy on Rivals, number three pro style country, and his uh, number, number three pro style quarterback in the country in his class, I should say, which was 2016 class, number 57 nationally. Um, he has all the tools, but, at, you know, as we've seen, uh, that doesn't always matter at the quarterback position. You've got to develop. You've got to, you know, put it all together. And so far, Felipe Franks has not been able to do that. And the Gamecocks hope that it's not this week that he does. I think the prevailing sentiment is that Franks has had ample time to show what he can do. And, he just hasn't gotten a job done for the most part, even though Florida, you know, was on – they were having a good year until the last two weeks. They lost handily against Georgia in the cocktail party, and they lost – really got boat raced at home by Missouri like you talked about, Wes. So, Franks was 9 of 22 with two interceptions before giving way to Kyle Trask with about five minutes left in the third quarter last Saturday. And Trask came on, completed 10 of 18 passes for 126 yards and a touchdown. He moved the football against the Missouri defense that is not very good, but Florida struggled all day last week. West lost to Missouri 38-17. Yeah, they did. And, you know, uh, we, we have this pro football focus access these days, and 
um, that stuff sort of gives you a deeper dive into uh, the statistics and situational statistics. And uh, Will Helms has his uh, Florida preview up right now on the front page of Gamecock Central. And one thing that caught my eye is, is just how bad Franks has been as far as downfield passing goes. Um, you know, uh, Will did the numbers here, and the last two games, um, Franks is averaging 4.4 yards per attempt. So uh, the football is not getting down the field. Um, Franks completes only 39.8% of his passes that are over 10 yards this entire season, um, whereas he completes 78% of his passes that are less than 10 yards. So um, most of what he's doing is underneath, and I, I think you look at this South Carolina secondary and the injuries that have happened there, and the fact you do have a true freshman making his first career start, R.J. Roderick. If you're Florida, in theory, you know I would think you would love to test the secondary down the field, uh, but uh, they, they just haven't really shown they can consistently do that with Franks at quarterback. So that that'll be something to see there. And you know, and as much as we have talked about the injuries, uh, South Carolina still has its you know its top four cornerbacks available. They still have Stephen Montak at safety. So really, as, as much as that position has been hit with injuries, um, they're they're really lucky that they did have some depth there in the first place because. If, if they had been hit like this last year, I mean, I think you look at the secondary last year, they were playing like six guys total, you know, the entire season. Um, that, that would have been devastating. So the fact that they do have some of these guys that have, you know, at least been, I don't know if they've been ready, but they, they've responded when they've been thrown into the fire. Um, you know, so it hasn't been quite as devastating as it possibly could have been there. Muschamp said the Gamecocks were going six or seven deep at the safety position by the end of that Ole Miss game last week. Wes, he really praised the team for winning the fourth quarter last week. And, you know, it was those kids, the young people that came in at safety that helped win that ball game on Saturday. They did. And, and you know, I always uh, go back and rewatch the games uh, with my tell the tape feature I do. And, um, you know, the, the difference in the fourth quarter by this defense was just, uh, you know, night and day. And, uh, you know, they were they asked Muschamp what, what was different. And he said, yeah, you know, played a little more man coverage. Uh, you know, brought some more pressures uh, a little more often, and uh, they did play more man coverage. But even when they were playing zone, uh, the team just played better. You know, it's kind of hard to describe. Uh, you know, guys stepped up and made plays. You know, I the number of guys that I counted that just made uh, game changing type plays in the fourth quarter, when really the defense made very few of those plays throughout the rest of the game, uh, was a was crazy. Uh, you know, T.J. Brunson, who, uh, you know, he had a number of tackles in the game already, but I counted like four plays in the fourth quarter along that T.J. Brunson uh, did something spectacular on. Basically, he was involved in two sacks and two other pressures. Um, you had Rashad Fenton with a breakup down the field, Israel McQuamu with great coverage down the field, Stephen Montak with a tackle for loss, Javon Kinlaw with a sack, Rick Sandage with a sack, um, J.C. Horn with the breakup there at the very end on that final play. So, you know, you took a defense that just wasn't making plays throughout that game and, and actually had given up – Emerson, they gave up 18 explosive plays in the first three quarters of that game and then gave up 16 total yards and zero explosive plays in the fourth quarter, huh. which uh, is insane. So um, I thought they really just sort of fed off of each other. I thought that um, they play with more confidence 
And uh, they they just made plays, though. You had guys who stepped up when it mattered, and I think that's a sign of a program that uh, that that knows how to go win close games. Gamecock Central's game day podcast here. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. Glad to have you along. Noon kickoff today for the Gamecocks and the Gators in Gainesville. Wes, Jake Bentley played arguably his best game as a Gamecock against Ole Miss on Saturday, a, a game that uh, South Carolina trailed by 10 points in the fourth quarter and, and came back to win. And Bentley was 22 of 32 passing for 363 yards and two touchdown passes. He did not throw an interception, and he scored the game-winning touchdown on a short run late in the ball game. Yeah, man, I, I thought he was outstanding, honestly. And, you know, when, when they got down by 10, nobody panicked on that sideline. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting looking back. Uh, they they were down 10, and their their first three offensive plays after going down 10 were three straight running plays, which uh, really told me the mindset was that, you know, th- this game is nowhere near over. They stuck to their offensive game plan. Um and uh, we're able to go make plays. But, but Jake Bentley, he was fantastic. Uh, like you said, 22 of 32, two of those were actually drops. So if you uh, adjust his completion percentage there, he, uh, he was 24 of 32 if you, if you take out the two drops. And then, um, you know, I was looking through some of the other stats. Uh, you know, on thir- he had 37 dropbacks in the game if you count both his passes and scrambles and sacks and all that, add them all together. And, uh, and this, I think, says something about the offensive line as well. But of 37 dropbacks, Bentley had no pressure on him on 27 of those dropbacks. And uh, wait wait for this one. On on the 25 passes that he had no pressure, uh, Jake Bentley was 21 of 25 for 342 yards and two touchdowns. And also that's where the two drops were as well. So, so he was he was accurate on 24 of 25 passes when he didn't have pressure on him, um, and uh, was was accurate on 14 of 16 passes when Ole Miss did not blitz him, also including the two drops. So um, when there was no pressure on Jake Bentley, which was most of the day thanks to his offensive line, he absolutely ripped Ole Miss's secondary, and and I don't think we can expect that in this game because you're facing a much better Florida defense much better secondary. You know, those, those passing windows are going to be a lot smaller. I think Florida will play a lot of man coverage on the outside against the Gamecocks. But, again, this I think it, it, this game comes down to Jake Bentley as well. I'm not expecting, you know, 350 yards passing, but he's going to have to complete some big plays down the field. I was looking back at last year's game. I had kind of forgotten, uh, you know, South Carolina not only was without Debo Samuel in that game, but, they lost Shy Smith early on. He had a big catch and, and came out injured against Florida. So uh, the Florida DBs, you know, that, that game was, was pretty close at, at Williams Price. Uh, the Florida DBs were really able to shut down South Carolina's receivers. They struggled to get separation, I thought. But um, that was without Debo, without Shy Smith. And, and I, I think that's a, a big matchup is can, can these Carolina receivers get some separation and give Jake Bentley a chance against this Florida secondary. Noon kick today for South Carolina and Florida in the swamp, and the Gamecocks come in five and three overall. Florida six and three overall. Both teams four and three in Southeastern Conference play. So just like last year, Wes, the Gamecocks and Gators in the final game of the SEC slate, playing for a place in the final SEC standings. Yeah, they are, and you know, um, this is a, a chance for for further progress as a program to, you know, to finish uh, above five hundred in the SEC again. 
to get another win over Florida. You know, I, I was looking. Um, I, I distinctly remember, you know, South Carolina going going for their first overall win. You know, against Florida. Um, you know, in, in SEC play and and trying to win in the swamp for the first time ever. And um, you know, it, even though this Florida program, I think obviously the last decade has been ahead of South Carolina. They've won some SEC East titles. They've won the SEC not that long ago that they were the national champions, you know. So this this program obviously has been better than South Carolina. But, dude, you look at the last uh, decade or so, South Carolina ha- has held their own against Florida. Um, they've won five of the last eight against Florida. Um, you know, it was unheard of for South Carolina to beat Florida about 15 years ago. So uh, I think uh, the progress is there, and anytime you can beat this team, anytime you can go into the swamp and win, uh, it's a big deal for the South Carolina program. And uh, and with uh, assuming that South Carolina is going to beat Chattanooga, and if they beat Akron, uh, a win this week I think puts them on pace again for another eight-win regular season with a chance at nine in the bowl game. So that, that may not be what the Carolina faithful – and hope for in their wildest dreams, you know, when we were talking SEC East potentially preseason, but it still shows that the program is building a solid foundation to then try and recruit to and get even better players. West the Gamecocks at five and three. We, like you said, we figure they beat Chattanooga next week. That will put them at six wins. So this Florida game game becomes very important today. A chance to get to seven wins before the Clemson game, and, and there's a big difference between six and seven. West. Yeah, there is. There always is, and uh, you know I still think uh, that that Clemson game will be very very tough to win. So you, you look at this one though, and and a chance to sort of break through, and and really they, they've they've continued at the pace that they were at last year in the regular season. You know, uh, they've beaten the teams that they beat last year. Um, obviously, they played Coastal instead of NC State. They played Ole Miss instead of Arkansas. But they've beaten the teams they beat last year. They've lost to the teams that they lost last year. Obviously, they beat Florida last year. So, uh, to continue the same pace they were on last year and then maybe win a bowl game, too, along the way, um, that they need to beat Florida. And, and I, I think it's an opportunity because this Florida team, it just doesn't, they don't feel the same as they did, uh, you know, three or four weeks ago when we were all really talking about Florida as the surprise team in the East. Since, uh, you know, since that big win over LSU, they haven't really looked great. And, and even, you know, a Vandy team that I thought South Carolina just handled up and down the field, um, Florida had to come from behind to win that game. Vandy had them on the ropes early on. So uh, this, this Florida team has not really played too consistently the last, I don't know, would you say month or so, I guess. Yeah, right. For the Gators, you know, they lost to Kentucky at home, but then they reeled off five consecutive wins, a couple of ranked opponents they beat during that stretch. They won at Mississippi State, and they beat uh, LSU at home. But then things just kind of seemed to come unravel the last couple of weeks, Wes. I don't think anybody was shocked that they were beaten by Georgia, but Georgia beat them handily. They physically whipped Florida. And then for the Gators, you know, you could call it a hangover if you like, but whatever the case – Florida just got whipped at home by Missouri last Saturday. And like you said to open the podcast today, I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, I certainly didn't. And then, uh, you know, to go back to what we started with, I, I think it goes back to quarterback play, man. If you if your quarterback does not play well, you're always going to be limited offensively. You're not going to be able to put together the type of offense that you need to consistently go score points. And, uh, you know, South Carolina certainly needs for Felipe Franks to continue to struggle. Um, if that happens, then 
you're probably talking about another close football game and one that South Carolina's going to have every chance to win. You, I, I don't think, you know, a noon kickoff, I don't think you're going to have that typical crowd that you traditionally expect from the swamp. You know, I, I think uh, we all remember how, how fantastic of an atmosphere that place can have when Florida's really playing well, but uh, their fan base is frustrated right now. They're frustrated with the offense. They're frustrated with quarterback play from what I've read online. And I think that, that again, plays into it because, I mean, I, I remember some of those uh, early Spurrier years. I, you know, I was in the stadium um, in 2006 when, when Florida blocked that field goal to win that game. And, and that, that might be – that's one of the loudest I've ever heard uh, a stadium. And I, I just – I don't think they quite have that, that swamp home field advantage right now that they did have traditionally. All right, Wes, the Gamecocks were 1-2 and two in SEC play. They lost to Georgia to open things up, and then one at Vanderbilt. Gamecock offense played extremely well, but then the next week, 24-10 uh, to 10 loss at Kentucky. But since then, the Gamecocks have won 3-4 of four in league play and a chance to get to 5-3 and three in the Southeastern Conference to close things out in league play. Georgia will win the East. Kentucky will finish second. And the winner of this Florida-Georgia game, the winner of this Florida-South Carolina game, will finish third. So, you know, Wes, not the kind of season I think the Gamecock fans had hoped for. You know, we talked about an opportunity maybe to win the East this year, and Georgia came into Columbia and just proved early in the season that they were superior. So, you know, third-place finish would not be bad and a chance to get to six, seven, or eight wins, uh, you know, with a bowl win, another bowl trip in the offing this year. A pretty good year for year three of the Will Muschamp era. Yeah, and I think, like I said earlier, Emerson, it's, just, it's about continuing to build a foundation. You know, you, you want for the – you want for the norm to be that you're in bowl games. You want for the norm to be that you're competing in the East, even if you're not winning it, that you're right there. You're not one of these bottom teams. You know, I think the key to taking the next step, which is obviously to actually winning a championship or competing for a championship where you're going to the, you know, going to Atlanta, you can't get there, I don't think, until you've built that foundation first. And, you know, I, I think, Prospects want to go somewhere where they can win. They want to go win championships, obviously, but it's way easier to recruit off of back-to-back eight- or nine-win seasons than it is to recruit off of a three-win season and then a six-win season with a bowl loss. So um, all these things are important for the grand uh, perception of where the South Carolina program is right now. Florida, six-and-a-half-point favorite today in the Swamp. Noon kickoff. Wes, final thoughts on the ball game today? Uh, you know, like I said, I think uh, it's on the shoulders of Jake Bentley. Uh, you know, you, you look at Florida's defense, and their run D has, has not been outstanding. Uh, I think they're 80th or so in the country. So South Carolina should at least have some level of success in the running game. But if you look at the fact they've been banged up there, you look that, the, to me, the running game has been a bit up and down. It's been there sometimes. It hasn't others. Even against Ole Miss, the numbers look good, but part of that was the, the huge play from Myron Denson. Otherwise, I thought the running game wasn't quite what it needed to be against Ole Miss, and they had to rely on the passing game. So I think this game comes down to, A, keeping Felipe Franks uncomfortable on the defensive side. Don't let him find any rhythm. Keep him off his mark like he was last week. And then uh, Jake Bentley this week, again, can he continue? You know, I, I thought he's, He's played two of the best games of his career in back-to-back weeks. I think he's at a very, very confident position right now. Keep him there. Uh, start fast. 
and, uh, and, and good things should happen to the Gamecocks because I really think they can take this Florida, this Florida crowd out of this game early on if they can start fast like they did last week against Ole Miss. So, um, but when it comes down to it, Carolina receivers find some separation. Jake Bentley put the ball in tight windows. If that happens, then the Gamecocks will, uh, will be bowl eligible um, on Saturday afternoon with a win over Florida. Got to wonder how amped up this Florida crowd will be in the swamp today. Two straight losses in the noon kickoff. You know, a lot of problems for Florida here in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, they were in the top ten in the country west. They were talking about uh, you know, trying to get in the college football playoff picture going into that Georgia mm-hmm. game. But the season has just kind of unraveled for them the last couple of weeks. So, noon kickoff on ESPN today for the Gamecocks and the Gators. We got Vanderbilt at Missouri also at noon today on the SEC Network. Ole Miss is at Texas A&M. That's also a noon kickoff on CBS 3.30 kick today for Mississippi State at Alabama. That's the national TV game on CBS. And 3.30 kick as well for Kentucky at Tennessee. Kentucky's ranked 11th in the country. They're 7-2 and two overall. They are 5-2 and two in the league. Kentucky about a four-and-a-half point favorite in Knoxville today. And tonight on ESPN, 7 o'clock kickoff for Auburn at Georgia. Auburn's ranked 24th. Georgia is number 5. And it'll be 7.30 kickoff for LSU and Arkansas. Auburn George is on ESPN, and the LSU-Arkansas game is on the SEC Network. So, Wes, thoughts on the SEC here? How about that Bama shutout of LSU on Saturday night? Man, that uh, I, I watched most of that game and just sort of, uh, I guess, solidified uh, what we what we thought. I, I think you know this Alabama team is so good, man. We we've seen Alabama be great on defense, and we've seen them be very very good sometimes great on offense, but to see an Alabama defense with an elite quarterback and an elite offense, um, I, I, don't, I don't know who can beat them, man. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but as long as Tua is healthy, as long as he's playing, um, I, don't, I don't see how anybody can match up. It, and actually, uh, I know some people like stuff like this, Emerson. I saw, and I, I hope this poster was correct, um, but I, I saw uh, somebody sent me today that um, that Vegas did a thing where they said, what would the B- Buffalo Bills be favored by over Alabama? And uh, the number was actually 28 and a half. But uh, if you gave me that versus Buffalo, <laughs> I may take the Crimson Tide, my man. So uh, this, this team, and I know I know college football, every time, that we sort of uh, count a champion before they get there. And it seems like, you know, we, we talked about that Southern Cal team that I distinctly remember ESPN talking about where that Southern Cal team that ultimately lost to Texas, where they were as far as like an all-time team mm-hmm. goes. Um, every time we crown a champion before they win it, it seems like college football reminds us that the games still have to be played that there's still room for upsets, that anything can happen when you're talking about 18- to 23-year-old kids. So I, I say that fully knowing this, but but it's going to be really, really hard for anybody to beat this Alabama squad. No doubt about that. Boy, Bama had been winning really with offense all year, and what did they do? Night game at Baton Rouge, they shut LSU out 29 to nothing. Big win for Bama last week in that national showdown between the Crimson Tide and the Bayou Bengals. So – Bama's got Mississippi State today, and there's talk about, you know, Sabins this week talked about uh, 
he has talked about avoiding the hangover. So Bama's still a 24-point favorite at home today against the 16th-ranked team in the country, Mississippi State. Wes, we're ready to go here. Gamecocks and Gators. Yes, sir. Let's do it, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it all next week on the uh, next week's game day podcast. I appreciate it, Emerson. I appreciate you, Wes. That's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is the Gamecock Central Game Day Podcast. Thanks for being with us, and enjoy the ball game, friends. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.